You have reached a phone call from Paul. Prepare to be entertained and moved. A chat with Neil Gaiman, part two. Are you are you still um, keep a keeper of bees? I am still a keeper of bees, although I'm having more trouble these days being in the place where my bees are. Um, the bees actually are fantastic I for keeping I, you in the present. Well, I somehow felt that this was something I wanted to ask you because someone at some point told me um, Neil actually is a beekeeper. And I thought, well, what an extraordinary thing. And also, quite frankly, why? And now it all sort of made sense after this winning story. You know, being a beekeeper for me is such a wonderful thing. There is nothing for, for dragging you into the present, like being with bees, except for being with bees and accidentally dropping um, a, something with 10,000 bees on it and suddenly having 10,000 angry bees swarming the air around you and uh, just and you have to be it is the I am a tree <laughs> and, you, and you stand there and you are completely still and you go I am a tree why would you sting a tree you're going to ignore a tree I'm just a tree and go bother everything else let us wait here for a minute for two minutes for five minutes good everybody everybody settled down now sorry I dropped you let me pick you up and go back and move move as a tree would move um you you know what 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 strikes me in all of this is is just um, the 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 desire for heightened experience and heightened experience seems you know whether you you're someone like Werner Herzog and be, who believes in ecstatic truth or you're someone like Balanchin who truly believes in the now the or you're a a matador who has a second to either stay alive or not, um, or you are a beekeeper, or you are indeed that extraordinary uh, playwright whose work you read, and you are trying to, to capture that, that fleeting moment as it goes on and be part of it. And it, it seems that this is what, what when, when life begins to make sense, we, we want, we need. We crave. I, we do crave. And I think as a, as a storyteller, um, I keep craving shape as well. I want, I want to give things shape. I want to give events shape. Um, I want to make things feel like they make sense, which is, of course, the, the, the beautiful illusion of fiction is that everything makes sense and there was a purpose. And there was a point to it all, and um, and it's the best possible lie because it may even be true. Um, I have I have a question about about your future paternity. <laughs> Ask me your question, Bo. Um, how? Um, what, what what are you anticipating, and what are you? What what is what is what does this 
feel like for you this this moment where is it is it September sometime around then it will be mid September you know it's interesting I'm I'm looking forward to I remember when I was first a father 30 years ago the thing that astonished me um, that, that really astonished me back then um, was suddenly feeling a connection to my own childhood yeah and um, a, a a huge a huge an immediate connection that was a connection of of memory as much as it was of anything else you know that point where I was carrying my son up to bed because he wouldn't go to bed and I'd thrown him over my shoulder um, and suddenly I remembered being thrown over my father's shoulder and carried up to bed and my anger and thinking to myself if I had children I would never do this to them and I must have been five or six and here I was and it was a very it was that first moment I suddenly went oh my god we become our parents Mm. Who knew? I didn't know we'd become our parents, but we'd become our parents. Um, and what I'm looking forward to is meeting somebody new. Um, I'm looking forward to I'm that I'm looking forward to the part that you do not expect. The fact that whoever you get is their own person. And whatever we might try to do, yes, whatever we might try to do, and you know, I'm uh, having having two children of my own now. I'm I'm just so amazed by the fact that they are who they are, very strongly. And my oldest son, as you know, is now nearly totally something that I never was, which is a magician. Mm-hmm. And this is what he, you know, next week, um, actually this week, his greatest pleasure will be to meet Penn and Teller. That, isn't that wonderful? Uh, the, the, uh, both, both sides of that to me are wonderful. The fact that you never expected to have a magician, but also that you can introduce him to two of the finest magicians of our age. It's amazing. And I know that you you yourself are so so interested in magic. I love I love magic. Um and I love I love both sides of magic. I love the potential and ability to fool ourselves and fool each other. I love the the complexity and the simplicity of magic. The, these huge, complex, brilliant things where you wouldn't actually imagine that this could be how somebody did things because that's too crazy and that's too complicated and that's too weird. And no, that's how they did it. And then the other side of things, which is the simplicity of how did they know that that was the number? How could the guy read the number on your dollar? It wasn't your dollar. He swapped it with a different dollar that he already knew the number of. And that's how, you know, how did this happen? He lied. Oh, really? Yeah, that's how it happened. He told a story. He told a story. 
And you told us and, told and, story. And, and so it's very much about, you know, I, because so often I have Sam who says, you know, I know the trick, but I don't have the patter. And the, the, that's the thing, because the patter... Um, the patter isn't the patter. The patter is often the story. That's right. And it's... the For me, what fascinates me... Um, is watching some of the some of the newer magicians um, and ways that they have reinvented old tricks because they've realized that actually the effect that the trick creates on the audience is much more important than the trick. What they think they've experienced is so much more important and interesting. Um, you know, Darren Brown in the UK is just, it you know, fascinates me and I have wonderful conversations with people like Teller, with people like Jamie and Swiss, with Darren himself about what he does and the ethics of what he does because what people believe and what he's letting them believe and what okay. they think they're believing yeah, and the fact so that some of what he does works best because people actually believe that he's doing it because of brilliant psychology or whatever and they don't actually realize no he just swapped the two things over or whatever but then there's the flip side of that which is there's actually in in you know new mentalism today yeah there are things which people are doing based on crowd psychology based on based on averages based on statistics based on how do people behave based on if you ask a random group of a hundred people to think of a color what color will they think of and uh, you can you can actually make everybody go oh my gosh he is telepathic and you know one because of the things that, that, that also strikes me so strongly you you were saying that you're looking forward to meeting someone you don't know um, in speaking about your 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 soon to be new paternity what is so interesting and it has something to do with magic is that every i mean one becomes a very heightened semiotician i mean one is reading every sign every expression and i can see i can see to what extent every expression on the person's face matters and you want to you want to in a way emulate um, awe and excitement uh, when 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 performing your trick and in some way uh, one one might say that the work you do on a daily basis which i will let you get back to very shortly <laughs> i promise you especially since now you you you've had these 10 very difficult days and you did say when we started to speak that you you want to get back to to it all and in many ways i feel that i i i've taken you away from your work for a moment but i'm looking forward to you getting back to it because then I get to read it um, there, there is a relationship between the magician and the storyteller and the writer oh I there absolutely is and more than you know I didn't say the thing that I was most looking forward to with the kid um, which is bedtime stories mm -hmm. I'm looking forward to making up stories and I'm looking forward to revisiting the books 
that I read when young to discovering new books um, with 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 my with Michael with Holly and with Maddie. I read to them as they were growing up. You, you, and, you say uh, actually in in the piece that I adore, as you know, I, I I told you about it early on when we met in that in that piece you wrote um, published in the Guardian. Why our future depends on libraries reading and daydreaming, and you say in it that we have an obligation to 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 read to to our children. We really do. I think, and I, I believe this absolutely and utterly. We have an obligation, you know, as an as an as an adult, as a parent, you have an obligation to read to children. And it was for me always sacred. It was sacred time um, when I was away writing American Gods for a month and a half. I would still phone home every night and reads to Maddie over the phone and she'd have a copy of the book there with her and I'd read to her because I that was our that was our rhythm that was what we did and I'm so looking forward to revisiting the Narnia books revisiting Mary Poppins revisiting and which ones and which ones will you know I, I interrupted you what other books were you going to mention Oh, Nanny had Mary Poppins. Roald Dahl is such a delight oh, yeah. to read aloud to kids. Um, the, um, but you also find Diana Wynne-Jones. I love reading Diana Wynne-Jones aloud. Um, Daniel Pinkwater, an author who is just a delight to read aloud. And... There are so many of them that I'm I'm looking forward to, but also I'm looking forward to finding out what what the kid likes, you know, with with finding the books that make the person happy um is always it's always an adventure. Um because each person each of us is different. And we like different stories. And you know, and I, I, I think um, as I let you get back to, to your, your daily life, I think about that quotation I so love uh, at the end of, of your great, great piece on, on libraries and reading and, and what reading affords us, the empathy it gives us, the possibility of, of really confronting our own mortality and every everything that, that makes us into, you know, perhaps, if not better, human beings, more thoughtful ones. I think of that, that line that, that you quote of, um, of Einstein, where he says, if you want your children to be intelligent, read them fairy tales. If you want them to be more intelligent, read them more fairy tales. And I just think it's fantastic. I wonder if, if, um, if you're going to follow Einstein's advice. I, I will absolutely be following that advice because um, if it isn't true, it should be. And sometimes that's enough. Um, Neil, um, one of many, and I, I can't wait to, to see you. Um, and I, I hope that maybe something will bring you to New York, and if not, I hope something will bring us to your bees. 
I hope so too. And, I love I, I, and also, I want to come back to the New York Public Library. It's one of the most. It's still one of my favorite places on the planet. And, and uh, you, you, you absolutely, you absolutely will. Um, um, I, I'm looking forward to it. I remember that last time we spoke, you said in about in about 17 months or in about 14 months you you had a date whereby which yep. you will be you will be finished with this forthcoming book and congratulations also on on the film deal however much broken that me meeting was for the reasons we know congratulations on that and congratulations on on the statesman and and everything else and of course on on the middle of september when i will be thinking of you but i'll i'll be in touch before I, I, that is a wonderful thing. I can't wait to see you, Paul. I can't wait either. And it's good to talk to you on the phone. It really is. And well to done. hear your voice. <laughs> be well, be well. A huge hug to you and, and my love to Amanda, who I hope to meet soon. I will pass it on. Bye-bye.